Welcome to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? with your host, Jeff Stein. This program really does uncover the sometime myth that all are innocent until proven guilty. The truth is that many innocent people are found guilty of a crime that they did not commit. We discuss the judicial system, its flaws, and where it could be made better. Now, here is Jeff Stein. Good morning. It is just me today, and I am excited to have the floor for the next hour. So keep in mind that this is a live show. Feel free to call or email with questions or topics that you would like to discuss or hear discussed on our show, whether it's something we talk about today or next week or the following week. But thank you for joining me today. We've been discussing on the previous episodes that there's um, obviously many wrongful arrests and convictions in the United States. So I want to dive into that a little bit deeper today and uh, discuss some issues and some current cases, past cases and concerns and things that we've seen along the way. Did you know that there are over 2 million people in jail or prison in the United States? And with that, There's no scientific formula that can be applied on how many are innocent, but it's believed to be anywhere from 2% to as much as 10%. And those are really some alarming numbers. Even on the low end, that equates to tens of thousands of innocent men and women who have been wrongfully convicted. What it does not include is those that have been wrongfully charged of a crime. So those numbers are really much higher, right? Because... People are are charged of a crime. They sit in jail sometimes for weeks, sometimes for months, sometimes years till they go to trial. And when they're they're found innocent or charges are dropped or any of that, the those numbers don't account for all of those that were wrongfully convicted. Um, the the statistics just can't include them. So it's. Uh, the numbers are much higher. So really, it's, again, tens of thousands of people who are wrongfully imprisoned in jail waiting for trial or went to trial and were wrongfully convicted. And as we've been discussing, there are many reasons that lead to wrongful convictions, and they include false or coerced statements, ineffective assistance of counsel, lackadaisical police work, prosecutorial misconduct, I always screw up on that word, false witnesses or jailhouse snitches, deceitful witnesses, and even dishonest expert witnesses. For those reasons, the defense must conduct its own investigation instead of relying on the investigations conducted by the prosecutorial team. So I want to try to address a few things on this show today and in the future that can be fixed and and how. I also want to take a minute and point out that I am pro-law enforcement. This show is not to sour anyone's opinion of the police or our law enforcement, and that's local, state, federal We want to discuss, obviously, there's some bad apples. There's some corruption amongst the the police and and law enforcement and the courts, including judges and district attorneys. I'm even going to touch on that a little bit later. But overall, we would not be able to survive without them. So please, please do not misinterpret the intent of this podcast. We want to promote the police and the judicial system. 
But of course, there are times that there are breakdowns and failures, just like in any any profession, any business, uh, there are some bad apples. And those bad apples, you know, even if it's one bad apple, creates a bunch of problems. And when you when you have a group of bad apples, it really it the numbers just uh, continue to escalate. Escalate. I have a good friend that recently retired uh, as a detective with the Pennsylvania State Police, and he may even be listening. So, Mike, if you're listening, a shout out to you. But I know we've had conversations about the show and and the content. Uh, I know Mike is is probably one of the most loyal and trustworthy people I know, and his career with the state police was flawless. He's a prime example of what a, a true law enforcement officer should be, and there's several like him. There, there's a lot like him um, that follow the law, and when arrest is and when they need to conduct an investigation and file for the affidavits, and you know for search warrants and. Um, uh, different F, um, warrants that are needed, you know, to listen to uh, cell phones and see where they are and ping their cell phone, GPS, and all that, all that stuff that's involved in the investigative process. I know when when this person uh, and and several others when when they're doing their job, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. But what we want to talk about is, unfortunately, it doesn't always occur with some others. And when that doesn't happen, that's when I like to get involved. And then really as an example of this podcast or or why this podcast was started is because of that, because of some of our, um, some of the corrupt cops, like, you know, we've, we've had on some on the show. Um, we want to help educate our listeners and we have thousands of listeners and, and our, our, our numbers continue to grow every day with downloads and listening to the live show, and, and they're in the thousands. And I, I appreciate that and would like to see this continue to grow. So, you, you know, there, there's a lot of good apples. And like I said, unfortunately, there's some bad apples. So on the flip side, back in March of 2017, <clears throat> excuse me, back in, in March of 2017, the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office released a do not call list to the Defender Association of Philadelphia. That list was turned over to the Defender Association, um, w- was uh, updated again. And I, I think that one of the most current lists that I've seen was January of 2018. And I'm sure there's probably been a, another updated list. Just the last one that, that I personally have a copy of is from January of 2018. And to explain a little bit about what that do not call list is from the the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office, it's a list of 30 police officers that the district office, uh, district um, offenders association refuses without explicit permission from the deputy district attorney to call any of those police officers as witnesses to the stand to testify because of allegations of misconduct. And these, again, are the unfortunate small minority of men and women in blue who dishonor their brothers and sisters in uniform. And like I said, not not all are bad, but there are a few bad apples. And I, I hope if for some reason the Philadelphia District Attorney, Larry Krasner, if he's listening or anyone from his staff, please uh, pass on this message. I would love to have him on the show to discuss the positive things that he's been doing to help uh, 
curtail the police corruption in Philadelphia and all of the wrongful convictions that have occurred that have occurred just in Philadelphia alone, because that's obviously where he's the the DA now. But he was a, a former civil rights and, and criminal defense attorney who, prior to becoming a district attorney, you know, he was he was on the other side trying to to prove all the unjust and wrongful convictions and um, civil rights uh, issues. And, you know, now he's he's on the other side of the law trying to, you know, oversee that prosecution side of it. But I'd love to have him on the show to discuss the, the positive things that he's doing and, and how people can all work together to accomplish these goals of cleaning up, you know, any of the uh, injustice and corruption. I've been an investigator for over 30 years. Um, I, I've worked with numerous attorneys on hundreds of cases. And I, I personally see firsthand what an investigator um, can do and, and how they can be a key to advancing a winning defense, especially when there were false or core statements, ineffective assistance of counsel, or lackadaisical police work, prosecutorial misconduct, etc. I got it right that time. <clears throat> so if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, please go back and, and start from the beginning. Listen um, from from the uh, very first episode and enjoy, you know, some of the, the guests that we've had on. Download them if, if you can't listen live. Um, listen when you're driving, you're on the beach, you're flying, trying to tune out your kids. You know, whatever works for you, whenever it works. But um, start from the beginning. And uh, the first episode, we had Raymond Seneca Wooden. And Raymond was a, a client of mine, and he served a little over five years or about five years in jail for crimes he didn't commit. And we really get into that on, on episode one of you know what he had to go through. So like I said, he is not a, one of those statistics of wrongfully convicted because he was never found guilty. He was never convicted. However, he served five years in jail because he was accused of a crime and there were some ex-narcotics officers that were involved in his case that lied, uh, said that they observed things that they didn't, bottom line. Uh, and then he was also charged with, uh, there was an allegation by somebody else against him for rape, and he was later found innocent on that. But during that whole time uh, of the trial stage, he was incarcerated for five years. Episodes three and four, we had on Jeffrey Walker, an ex-narcotics Philadelphia officer who pleaded guilty with one count each of attempted robbery and using a gun during a violent crime. And in exchange for testifying against his former colleagues in a federal probe into the what they, they label as the elite narcotics squad, he's now working to right the wrong of thousands of current inmates and was a key ingredient to the Meek Mills case. Uh, he is um, rolling out a podcast. He's got a book coming out, and there's some other exciting things that he's working on. So, you know, please keep an eye out for that. But uh, again, go back and listen to to those episodes. Uh, in between them, I had Terry Heimball, who's an attorney who specializes in post-conviction relief acts. So basically, that's um, somebody who's been in prison and claims that they're innocent, and she tries to 
uh, fight for a new trial for them and then uh, represents them in that new trial regarding um, new evidence that wasn't available at the time of the trial or possibly um, the, the other key component to a PCRA is ineffective counsel. So I appreciate if um, you want to go back and listen to those cases, that would be great. We're going to take a quick break. This, this time just flew by in this first uh, uh, few minutes of the show. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to Stein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Welcome back. So jumping back in, I have been specializing in criminal defense, and I understand that not all of my clients are innocent. In fact, many are not. But through good old detective work, I uncover every stone searching for the facts. What the facts identify is what they identify. And my goal is to provide my client with their Sixth Amendment right. So I will not try to fabricate information. I will not try to sway um, what my findings are, they are what they are. And if they point to my client being guilty, then that's what they point to. It's, it's doing detective work and it's, it's uncovering every stone and identifying the truth. Uh, so that's the goal. And unfortunately I feel that this is lacking in the United States. And 
the uh, the defendant or the, the defendant or the convicted um, are not treated fairly, I guess I should say. So in, in the United States, um, the, the accused is really guilty while they sit in prison waiting for their trial. Sometimes this process takes years and they may not be guilty is what I'm trying to say. So uh, I do want to mention there's another podcast that I've listened to and it's, it's, I really recommend everybody listen to this podcast. I think they did a, a great job. I don't know them. I've never talked to them, but it's called In the Dark. And it's about the Curtis Flowers case. And they have done an awesome job reporting on this case over, over a few years. And because of their investigative reporting uh, and through their podcast, there was a recent Supreme Court ruling in Curtis Flowers' favor. So my my personal congratulations on a job well done by the In the Dark team. And I, I don't want to be a spoiler alert in their podcast because I, I really, I think it's a, gr- a great listen. I want you to listen to it if you have an opportunity. Um, but I'll give you kind of a, a brief overview. Um, and th- this information is all online. There's different websites and so forth. But um, Curtis Flowers is an African-American man who this is unbelievable. He's been tried six times in the state of Mississippi, not once, not twice, not three times, not even four or five, six times in Mississippi for murder in a case back in July 16th of 1996. And it it was over some shooting deaths of four people inside a tardy, tardy furniture store in downtown Winoma. He was first convicted in 1997, and in five of the six trials, the prosecutor, Doug Evans, sought the death penalty against Flowers, and as a result, he's been on death row um, for nearly 20 years, 20 years, and uh, he was convicted for aggravated murder and robbery of the store owner uh, at the first trial. The verdict was overturned due to prosecutorial misconduct. I'm getting better at that word every time I say it, that violated the defendant's rights. Two trials resulted in convictions. Each verdict was later overturned by the Mississippi Supreme Court, one for prosecutorial misconduct and one for racial bias by the prosecutor and jury selection. Two trials ended in as uh, mistrials. And on June 18, 2010, the majority white jury in the sixth trial convicted Flowers of the 1996 murders and voted to impose the death penalty. Flowers' case was one of three that the United States Supreme Courts ruled in June 2016 were to be remanded to lower courts to be reviewed for evidence of racial bias and jury selection. The United States Supreme Court heard Flowers' case on March 20th, 2019, this year, to rule either to overturn or uphold his conviction. And just last week, on June 21st, 2019, the Supreme Court overturned Flowers' murder conviction with Justice Brett Kavanaugh writing for the majority. Flowers will likely remain in state custody until a decision is made to either retry or release him. Think about that. If they retry him, they would be retrying him for the seventh time for the same crime. 
And again, the In the Dark team was very instrumental um, in this case. And, and I'd love to talk more about it, but it's, um, it's, it's not my case. It's, it's theirs. Uh, they, um, they did it. It's not even their case. They just did the uh, podcast investigative reporting, but really, um, I, I think based on all of their findings really had an impact on, on the Supreme court's decision. And there are some things in this that just, it, it uh, the best question I can ask, and especially in, in, um, in reference to that district attorney is, is there really truth and justice for all? Because that, um, that district attorney was found guilty again of, um, um, prejudice of, um, picking and choosing between black jurors and white jurors. And that was the third court that found that out. Now, if I, in my company was found guilty of, um, of discrimination is the word I was looking for. So he discriminated against black jurors in, in three different courts found that to be true, including the highest court in the United States, the U S Supreme court. Um, they said that he, he was discriminating. And so that's why this was overturned. Now, if I discriminated, I'd be sued. I'd probably lose my, my private investigator's license. Um, I, I probably couldn't even get it back. So how is it possible that it's okay for a district attorney to discriminate? I, I really would love for someone to answer that for me because that just, it boggles my mind, but it goes back to the reason for, for my podcast is, is there really truth and justice for all? And there's not because he's a district attorney. He's allowed to discriminate. You or I, all of my listeners out there, we can't discriminate, right? It's against the law. It's against the law. We can't do it. But he can. I don't understand that. And, and I, hope, <laughs> I hope someday that changes because that's just not right. Um, let's talk about some, some current and past cases of, of mine. Uh, in the future, I will have a guest who's uh, she's a current client and it has not gone to trial yet. So I, I, I can get into a lot of the details, but uh, there are some things I, I can't get into. But I want to share the following because this is a really interesting story. And it's not a murder case, right? Because I, I know a lot of you know, what we talk about is these wrongful convictions of uh, murder, you know, people who are accused of uh, murder or drugs or serious crimes, rape and so forth. This young lady lives in another state on the West Coast, not even close to Pennsylvania. And she was selling a washer and dryer through an app. I, I believe the app was called Let It Go. And I'm sure many of you listen or you use that app, Let It Go. So she was selling this washer and dryer and somebody wanted to buy it. So they sent her a check. She didn't really look at the check. You know, I mean, it was for what she was asking. I don't remember if there was a couple extra bucks in there. I think there was for shipping. Um, but she looked at this check or, or she got the check. She cashed it. She deposited it in her bank account like, like any of us would do. Well, it turns out that was a bad check from a country club in, in Pennsylvania. And the police issued a warrant for her arrest. Now, she 
I had some some brief conversations, but bottom line is the police issued an arrest, uh, a warrant for her arrest. She was then extradited from across the country. It took 11 days in a van. Uh, I think it was nine days. I think two days she spent in some local jail somewhere. Now, she's never been arrested before. She has a clean criminal record, never been charged with you know a criminal crime. She's a, a single mom of, of two small children, and they picked her up, and they drove her across country in a van for nine days, and then, they, and then she spent almost two months, two, over two months in jail in this county until we were able to get a, um, um, a bail reduction for her. But bottom line is she sold this washer and dryer. She received a check. The check turned out to be fraudulent. And she was a victim, but they treated her as a criminal. Well, during my investigation, I find out she was not the only one who cashed a check. Previously, they had somebody else that they arrested and extradited from New York to Pennsylvania and did the same exact thing to that person. And who, what I learned, was selling a set of four tires from her car through an app, Let It Go. At the same app, same MO, received a check from this country club and was forced to pay this money back. Now, I, I can understand maybe making, you know, making them whole again. I, I don't know. That's a, an issue we can, because who's the victim? Um, but anyway, this person was found guilty of that and, and paid her fines. Then I find out that there was more fraudulent checks that were squashed before they were cashed. So this is a, a problem throughout the United States or, or that, you know, on these bad checks. And this poor girl was a victim. And we're still fighting this. We're still trying this. The, the, the district attorney's office in this area, in this county, want to continue pressing charges. In fact, when we were trying to get rested or a bail reduction for her, she, um, they were saying that she was a flight risk. And that she's going to leave and go to another country. Again, this, oh, by the way, this check was for $1,500. $1,500. Wasn't for $5,000. Wasn't for $10,000. $1,500. And it really becomes more of a civil matter than a criminal matter, in my opinion. And the detective says, well, sometimes you got you to get the middleman, you know, to get the money back. So really, in my opinion, they're using this, this situation as a way of recovering funds that should have been recovered civilly. In fact, the bank made that made the, the country club whole again. So they weren't even out the money, right? The bank was technically. But they wanted her to, to a high bail and didn't want her to get released from jail. Meanwhile, what the attorney, the her defense attorney said is she just spent more time in jail if she was found guilty of this crime. So is this a waste of taxpayers' money? I mean, think about it. It's a waste of taxpayers' money. And again, it's, it's, it, to me, it's, it's a wrongful um, charge. So it's just one of those unique cases. And, and we're going to talk more about that case. Uh, I'm going to have her on as a, as a guest once things kind of clear through the courts. So keep, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be a great episode so we can really get into the details of this, give you a teaser of what it was all about. We're going to take another quick break, so we'll be back in a, in a few minutes.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. There are many people who claim to be dog experts, yet they don't really provide a connection between dog owners and their best friend. This is where the BS stops. Listen for Taming the Wild and Your Dog with expert author and nationally recognized dog trainer Brian Bailey. Each show has experts, professional trainers, and veterinarians to give you the right answers. Listen for the safety and well-being of your dog. Listen every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to Stein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Welcome back. So just told you a little bit about a, a current case I have, and, and 
a, a client who I, I really feel terrible for this this poor woman. By the way, what uh, I forgot to mention or, or failed to mention is that during this time, she had to send her kids to go live with her ex-husband, um, which which is okay, but he lives in another state. So these kids had to change school systems for one year while she was sitting in jail. Again, keep in mind, number one, she wasn't even found guilty yet. It didn't go to trial. Number two, it was a bad check that she was a victim of. She received this check. She did not make this check. She did not um, in- intentionally cash it, you know, knowing that it was a fraudulent check. And there was multiple, multiple other victims. Some others cashed the check. Some others were smarter. Uh, one woman was selling her wedding dress in um, in another state and called the country club and said, hey, um, you know, I just received this check. I'm selling my wedding dress and it's it's on your your check. Uh, you know, she she was wise to, to make that um, phone call. And they said, no, don't cash it. It's no good. So how do you charge somebody? Not only charge them, but extradite them across country and drive in a van uh, for nine days. Is that insane? It just to me, it is. Um, it's just crazy. So I have another current case um, where my client's on, on death row and we're still waiting to go to, to get a post-conviction relief act on this. So, you know, there's, there's certain things that I, I can't talk about. I've been working on this for over five years. Uh, I believe, uh, not I believe, I know um, CNN, um, death row stories, uh, it's going to be one of their feature shows coming up in a few months. So um, some of it will be on TV. But I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's innocent based on the facts that I uncovered. I personally interviewed multiple witnesses. I have alibis. Uh, I even believe I identified who the the true uh, killer is and, um, and, and shared this information with the district attorney's office. Obviously, the attorney, the attorney uh, who, who's working on this did a fabulous job. Um, we, we uncovered detectives who... Um, well, I don't want to get into all that, but just, just a lot of things. Um, and, and, you know, with the district attorney's office and, and the, the PCRA division, there's no sense of urgency. There, there's none. And I guess, so my question, do they really want to know the truth? And if so, why do they not read all, all that the defense sends them? And, and why do they continue to delay and push back hearing after hearing? And what I mean by that, the attorney put together a really um, intensive document for them, very detailed, and laid it out. And when we were last year at a, at a hearing, um, the the district attorney didn't even read it. He said, oh, I don't know how to access that. By the way, it's through their own system in the DA's office, right? The, the clerk of courts was able to pull it up and so forth, but the district attorney couldn't. And, and there's just there, – there there's no sense of urgency. By the way, this guy's been in, in jail for, God, 20 years. Um, it's been a long time, almost, and a little shy of that, I guess. But don't we all want the same? Don't we all want the truth, right? So if he didn't do it, at least take the time to look at the evidence that I, I found, that I identified, that the attorney put together, that the attorney identified, and say, wow, something doesn't add up here. Two plus two is four, 
But in this, 2 plus 2 is equaling 6. I don't get it. So shouldn't they go back and say, look, if he didn't do it, that means somebody else did. Don't you want that true person to be convicted of the crime that they committed? And they don't. And, and you know, I've, I've said this before, but it's, it's like a football game. I, I, I'm a football coach, so I, I like to use football as an analogy. Um, but, you know, in a football game, one team wants to win, right? You know, they, they want to win. They want to move on. They want to go to the playoffs. They want to go to the Super Bowl or whatever. One team wants to win. Another team is going to lose. When you go to court and you have the defense and the prosecution, it's not about who wins. It's not a game. This is not a football game. It's about the truth. Who is going to show and identify the truth? And the truth, as we all know, we always say the truth should prevail. Well, it didn't. I can tell you in this case it didn't. and many other cases it doesn't. So how do we fix that? What do we do? You know, why is the prosecution always so against um, finding out the truth. You know, I mean, if they screwed up, they screwed up, right? I, I mean, it happens. We all make mistakes. You know, I, I've accused my, my son of doing something when it was my daughter, or I've accused my daughter and it was my son. <laughs> I, I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But you, you want to get to the truth of it, right? So you can punish the right person and, and fix the right, fix whatever needs to be fixed. So who polices the Sixth Amendment for the innocent? Um what if they don't have the funds or, or the Innocence Project does not select their case? How does America fix this em- epidemic? I mean, that's that's the true question. How do they fix this epidemic? And, and you know, it's it's interesting. Um, on this case, this um, um, this death row case that that um, I, I was, I'm just speaking of. When we went to court, it was supposed to start at nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm there. The uh, defense attorney is there. There was no other expert witnesses at the time. But if 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 there were, they may have needed to be there, you know, in case we had an opportunity to testify or needed to share something with the attorney. So we're there. Obviously, the the defendant's family is there. And at nine o'clock now, normally what happens is the attorney's on the clock. I'm on the clock. Any other experts are on the clock. It's all costing the defendant money. And in this case, the defendant and his family doesn't have a lot of money, right? Where are they getting all this money? They, they, they take out second mortgages. They borrow from all their family members. The list goes on and on, you know, how they get their money to, to pay for their defense. On the flip side, the prosecution, they almost have unlimited resources and unlimited money to spend on this, on, on their on their investigation, their prosecution side of it. Well, again, from from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., we um, we sorry, I just got distracted. From 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 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., we were sitting there doing nothing. I counted seven different. Um, district attorneys from the post-conviction relief. Actually, I'm not sure if they were all from the PCRA unit or where they were from, but there were seven district attorneys. There was all the 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 all the, the clerk of courts and all the other um, people there for the judge sitting on the judge's bench. There was the um, court reporter. 
Then there's the sheriff's uh, department who's got to bring the prisoner up and down from, you know, wherever they are. Yet all these people sitting around doing nothing. And, and I, I hope, um, and this was in Philadelphia, so I hope the DA is listening. I added it up in, in my head. I'm, I'm doing a ballpark, but it cost the taxpayers for that hour probably $200,000, if not more, in salary, just in salary of all the district attorneys and the sheriff and the, the judge's staff. And, and the judge, he's – I don't know what he uh, is doing from 9 to 10. Um, you know, he may be working on other stuff, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is there's all these people lollygagging, just standing around doing nothing, and they're getting paid. They're getting paid their salary. We're talking about where to go to lunch. They're talking about what they did on the weekend, what they're doing for the holiday, yada, yada, yada. The defense side, it's the defendant who's paying, footing that price for an hour for nothing being done. Is that fair? Um, so, you know, there's definitely inefficiencies in, in, the, um, in, in the judicial system from a, a taxpayer standpoint. So... Um, that's just, you know, a, another one of those problems. Uh, another um, recent um, case that I had, there was um, my client spent almost 18 months in jail for a murder. And he was awaiting trial. It was a high-profile case in in. Pennsylvania. I don't want to get into the details because there's still some other things going on with this. But um, the uh, he he spent, like I said, a uh, little over 17 months in jail waiting his trial, and we proved that he was innocent. Um, in fact, you know what? I'm going to get back to this. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'll finish telling the story on uh, on this case. So we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. There are many people who claim to be dog experts, yet they don't really provide a connection between dog owners and their best friend. This is where the BS stops. Listen for Taming the Wild and Your Dog with expert author and nationally recognized dog trainer Brian Bailey. Each show has experts, professional trainers, and veterinarians to give you the right answers. Listen for the safety and well-being of your dog. Listen every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to Stein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Welcome back. And thanks for taking the time to listen to our sponsors and commercials. That's what helps um, uh, keep the show moving, keep the lights on. So I was talking about another case where there was a a homicide and and my client spent, um, it was actually 18 months, I think I was saying 17, but spent over 18 months in jail waiting his trial. And um, Again, during some some meetings that we had, I was uh, I, I told the district attorney's office who the uh, um, who I felt was was the true killer and, and tried to provide some of that information and that the charges against my client were dropped and he was he was free to go uh, after the trial and and he asked me uh, he said Jeff can I get a copy of all your notes uh, as I know you talked to more people than we did and this just ties into what I was saying before that there's unlimited resources, um, you know, in, in the previous, in the death penalty case that I was talking about, all those people lollygagging, sitting around for an hour had to cost over two, maybe $300,000 in salaries to the, to the taxpayers. And, and here's a murder case, um, a homicide case. And you, you have homicide detectives, you have the DA's detectives. Um, they have, you know, a lot more resources. And I have, a. a a retainer that I received from the client and I was able to identify things that they couldn't. I just don't understand that. And again, I'm, I'm not knocking police and law enforcement that, you know, as I said earlier, that's, that's not what this is about. Um, but it is about, um, lackadaisical work. And, and this homicide detective, um, is one that was, uh, suspended and there was investigation done on him. And I know his, his badge and gun were taken away, were taken away. And I, I don't know what's going on. Not because of this particular case, but because of several different reasons. And, you know, we'll see what, what happens down the road with, with him, you know, but again, we can say that, okay, there's a lot of crime in, in these major cities like Philadelphia and so forth, but that does not give the police officer, the detective, anyone the right to cut corners and to just pin the tail on the donkey and say, okay, this guy did it. That's not how it works. As, as I said, my, my friend I know would, would dot the I's and cross the T's, and that's what needs to be done. So um, need to uh, keep working on 
fixing, you know, what needs to be fixed and, and how it needs to, be, to get fixed. And like I said, I, I hope uh, the DA's office from in Pennsylvania or from Philadelphia will come on and join us. Join us. Um, there, there's so much more that we can talk about, and I, I know the show's going to end in, in a few minutes, so I just want to move on. And um, There used to be a show in, in 2016. I actually enjoyed the show, and I, I guess I'm a little prejudiced there because um, this, this is what I do, but the TV show was called Conviction, and it lasted only one season in 2016, and there really is a need for conviction integrity units, and that's what this TV show was all about. It was, it was this conviction integrity unit that works within the DA's office and government investigators, private investigators, forensic investigators, or experts, other witnesses all work together to examine criminal cases um, where there's, there's credible suspicion that the wrong person may have been convicted of a crime based on several different factors. And those are really, I think, great things that can be done. It's kind of a check and balance and, and it keeps keeps everybody, it should keep everybody a little more honest, um, some better integrity, some better detective work when needed. Um, and, and, and not just detective work. I, sh- I shouldn't keep say that, saying that. A lot has to do with the attorneys. You know, and, and in some of these criminal defense cases, uh, let's bring up, not all, the crim- not all of the criminal defense attorneys are the best defense uh, attorneys. You know, a lot of them, not a lot. Again, some some a small amount, some bad apples, but some of them are, are some high profile ones. They may take a fifty thousand dollar retainer and go and meet with their client once. Well, what are they going to do when they meet with the client once before trial? You know, did they perform any investigations? Did they get their investigator involved? No. So anyway, back in twenty seventeen, there were thirty three conviction integrity units throughout the United States. That is more than double from what there was in twenty thirteen according to the exoneration registry. Um, conviction integrity units were responsible for door, for 42 exonerations in 2017. I would love to see every county and every major city in the United States have a conviction integrity unit by the year 2020. Um, now, would that take some work away from me? Absolutely. But again, this is, this is, it's not about, you know, making money. It's about doing what's right, doing what's right for those that are convicted. And that would be one of those things that really could could help balance things out um, with these conviction integrity units. And I, I know that there's there's one that's in Philadelphia. I, I don't know what they're doing. I think there's there's so many cases in Philadelphia that they need to look at that I don't even think they can handle that caseload. But I, I don't know the details on that, so I really can't speak um, in great detail. We did have a, a few questions that were uh, emailed in, so um, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. I apologize. I, I will um, try to answer all these questions through future podcasts if, if I didn't answer your question today. Um, one, one of the questions, um, in your opinion, what do you feel is the main reason individuals get wrongfully get, get wrongfully convicted for? And I, I think there's, there's a few different things. Um, one is um, lackadaisical police work. One is prosecutorial misconduct. And a lot of it, I believe, is based on witnesses and what witnesses get. Um, and I, I didn't have a chance to talk about this today. And I, I have somebody who I have taken a statement from and I had interviewed. He, he was on several of my cases in the past, 
But this person lied on six or seven cases where he said he knew um, who the murderer was. Murders, homicides. And each time, you know, he gave a name, but he only did that. This, this is what they call kind of jailhouse snitches. It, or it, He did this to reduce his sentence, to get out earlier. So that's another reason, you know, somebody's sitting in jail and they want to get out and they say, oh, John Doe did this. Well, John Doe really didn't do it, but they don't like him um, and they want to work a deal with the prosecutor. So those are some of the reasons why um, those things happen. And another question is, what made you move in the direction of working as a criminal defense investigator and what made you so passionate about it? Honestly, uh, that's a great question for me because years ago, most of my time was spent um, prosecuting, uh, investigating cases and, and packaging them for prosecution for various different crimes, theft, fraud, and so forth. And so I I was constantly dealing with criminals and, and trying to um, put all these cases together and provide all the evidence. So, you know, we, we had a solid criminal, criminal case against them. And, you know, I, I used to believe in the theory, you know, guilty until proven innocent. I used to say it all the time, guilty until proven innocent. Well, no. Then I had my first criminal defense case that I worked when I became a, a private investigator. And, you know, I did lots of different types of investigations and I, I did a criminal defense case. And I'm like, wow, this guy was, was railroaded. He was absolutely railroaded. So there's, it really got me, um, my, my, my passion going on this. So from there I started, uh, focusing on criminal defense and for the last decade I've been doing mostly criminal defense work and, and that's where my passion came from when I saw the injustice and the wrongdoings in these cases. And, uh, again, you know, the, the prosecutorial misconduct, um, these guys who lie, um, the witnesses who lie, um, as well as, uh, lackadaisical police work. Um, so thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. Is there really truth and justice for all? We look forward to seeing you back next week. Thank you. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, it's really important. Please consider giving it a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Uh, we continue to increase our listener base and we want to keep that growing. We appreciate your positive reviews and comments. Uh, look forward to, uh, next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? We can be heard Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join host Jeff Stein for another edition of the program next week. 